The following podcast is brought to you by the Village Sendo. For more information, visit villagesendo.org. Good evening, everyone. Can you hear me out there? All right. Well, thank you, Village Zendo staff. It's a whole group of volunteers who run the Village Zendo and make this Zoom talk and everything that happens at the physical Zendo work. Volunteers, thank you guys. So much appreciated. Uh, my name is Musho. I'm a senior student with the Village Zendo, and I am the leader of the Catskill Zen Circle here in the town of Catskill, New York, where I live. Today is the last day of August. How about that? And uh, it was a breezy, warm, beautiful day here in Catskill. Absolutely perfect weather. Uh, I feel like I was too busy doing things today to really appreciate it, uh, but it was absolutely gorgeous. I'm sorry, so many people in our world are having terrible weather this week, but it's been beautiful here in Catskill, New York. Uh, it's been about a month um, since our annual summer retreat uh, that the Village Zendo puts on uh, every year, twice a year, once in the summer and once in the winter. And I was there for the second week of silent retreat, which we call session. And I had not been on a um, session retreat for the Zendo. And I, I realized for four years, uh, because of COVID and uh, last year in the winter, I was sick and I wasn't able to go. And before that, something else interfered. So it'd been a while. And um, I really realized how difficult session practice is, uh, but also how crucially important it is. Uh, I'll talk about that in my talk here, but uh, let's see. Well, what came up for me in um, sitting in session uh, was uh, that sometimes uh, in Zen, I'm not sure where I've heard this before, but we talk about a small self and a larger self. And this is a kind of a, this is kind of a duality, um, but um, I think it's a good way to uh, describe uh, my standard pattern of mind. Uh, when I get to um, session practice, uh, especially made clear uh, two sides of Musho um, when I'm there. So the very first days when you get there, my first days, especially when you get to session, well, let's just say my days when I get there, my first two days are run by small self. Small self is in charge of my understanding when I get there. Uh, small self does not like getting up at 5 a.m. 
small self doesn't like uh, the endless, seemingly endless morning meditation and liturgy that goes on way beyond what small self feels should be breakfast time. Small self doesn't like the liturgy in general. He doesn't like training at our work period. He doesn't like not being able to say fun things to friends who we see walking down the hall. And by the end of the second day, small self sums the whole thing up as grueling. I wrote a letter, I wrote a, a text to my wife and I said, it's just grueling here at the session. But on the morning of the third day, the Dharma talks have started to have an effect and we have these wonderful formal teacher meetings uh, and those have been beneficial. And quietly on the evening of the third day, the larger self starts to speak up. So larger self enjoys the flow and notices that session is really the best way to listen to the grievances of the small self. It's the best way to listen to the grievances of the small self as they are and to guide the small self to the moment that actually is, to what's actually happening in the world and what's happening actually in the world of session that's all around. Then the last two days uh, for me are usually very peaceful. I feel like larger self kind of takes the lead with small self grumbling quietly in the background. Maybe some of you know that one of my many gigs as a visual artist is that I uh, design cute characters for products and apparel. And I've also designed cute characters for video games and advertising. So if I had to um, draw a design for small self, I'd make him a, a tough little gopher a little gopher who digs and lives in tunnels. And he sticks his head out of the hole and squints at the world that he doesn't like. And he destroys the garden and is really hard to get rid of. If I was gonna characterize larger self, I would make larger self Joshu's cypress tree. If you know the koan about Joshu. Uh, a tree that has been standing quietly in the garden for years and years. In all weather, just doing what trees do, slowly growing and swaying with the wind, creating shade from the sun and adding nutrients to the soil, sheltering birds and animals, and just being a cypress tree, totally at ease with reality and the time it is now. That's how I would characterize larger self. Small self is not necessarily a bad character. In fact, small self is only trying to survive. Small self is always pushing away discomforts of any kind. And he's always on the watch for threats. Small self is incredibly sensitive to criticism and offense from others. And he's always evaluating the mistakes from the past and planning 
for best outcomes in the future. So you could say that small self is full of hope, but basically small self is run by fear. The problem is we can't really live without small self. We need small, small self to do all the things I was just saying. The problem really becomes when small self is completely in charge. When small self is in charge all the time, there's nothing but trouble and suffering. That's because reality and the small self are enemies. It's because reality, right, as things actually are, includes disappointment and grief and boredom and pain and scary people and a lot of other things that are unpleasant. So in that case, small self is always hunting for paradise, looking for a perfect world. But as we all saw a little more than two weeks ago in Hawaii, paradise can be burnt up in a matter of minutes. To me, it seems like there's people in this world who only listen to the small self. They see the whole world from this gopher hole of fear. This causes personal catastrophe for themselves and leads to cultural chaos. Whole nations can be run by small self with wars and oppression of all kinds all led by this little sad character who wants to separate himself from everything out of fear, really. It's tragic. Larger self, on the other side, sees the world with curiosity and joy. For larger self, there are miracles and interesting challenges all around. Larger self sees so much to explore, but actually larger self is not above fear and disappointment and discomfort. When the garden is flooded and ravaged by a storm, like so many people in Florida are, larger self says, wow, the garden has been destroyed. How do you like that? Let's get to work cleaning it up and plant another garden as soon as we can. What else can we do? That's basically the mindset of larger self. I love poetry and I found a beautiful poem that in my mind illustrates larger self and small self but in a very different way from my gopher and cypress tree analogy. It's by a poem, it's a poem by American poet James Wright. And it was written in the early 1960s, the 1960s. Um, this poem is called Lying in a Hammock at William Duffy's Farm in Pine Island, Minnesota. 
Over my head, I see the bronze butterfly asleep on the black trunk, blowing like a leaf in the green shadow. Down the ravine behind the empty house, the cowbells follow one another into the distances of the afternoon. To my right, in a field of sunlight between two pines, the droppings of last year's horses blaze up into golden stones. I lean back as the evening darkens and comes on. A chicken hawk floats over looking for home. I have wasted my life. I'm gonna read it one more time for you as Enkyo Roshi does when she reads these poems. So here it is one more time. Lying in a hammock at William Duffy's farm in Pine Island, Minnesota. Over my head, I see the bronze butterfly asleep on the black trunk, blowing like a leaf in green shadow. Down the ravine behind the empty house, the cowbells follow one another into the distances of the afternoon. To my right, in a field of sunlight between two pines, the droppings of last year's horses blaze up into golden stones. I lean back as the evening darkens and comes on. A chicken hawk, hawk floats over looking for home. I have wasted my life. James Wright was an American poet. He was born in 1927 and he died in 1980. Now, I did not know it, but after I did a little bit of Google searching uh, about this poem, I found out that it's actually one of his most well-known poems. And apparently this poem has been studied by many uh, people who study poems, I suppose. And the last line is controversial in its meaning uh, for many of them. And there are quite a few interpretations of the last line, I've wasted my life. In the context of my talk, I would say that the last line is the voice of small self. I've wasted my life. Small self interrupting larger self in its absolute appreciation of a moment of solitude and beauty with last year's horse droppings included. Maybe at the very end, out of nowhere, small self is saying, you should have noticed this before. Why didn't you wake up to the beauty around you more often? What a waste. Small self is like even critical of your lack of awareness. It's one way of seeing it. Or maybe small self is saying, why are you laying around thinking about butterflies and cowbells? You should get up and do something. The poetry business is a waste of time when there's so much to be done. This is because small self always wants to be busy. Laying around is not allowed in a world that needs constant transformation and reworking for his own liking. I think this poem is so beautiful and also so true. No matter how it's interpreted, the last line is painful. Why do we put ourselves through so much trouble in a world of endless wonder? I really don't know.
I think many people come to meditation to try to quiet small self with its constant chatter. They wanna live in a world of larger self with its wide open view. Of course, I totally get that. I would like to do that too. And it sounds great. But unfortunately, we need small self. Meditation is a chance to study small self and see what it is about. Then when we return to our breath and the air and the light and the sound of this very moment, there's a little bit of room. And in that room, larger self emerges without effort. He just appears. But you know what? It's really a practice. And it's really a difficult practice. It takes a lot of work to let larger self come through and to find out something about smaller self. Our Zen practice is hard. And I really hope those of you who are trying will stay with it. Please stay with this practice and study small self and larger self since they can't really be separated. On our summer retreat, uh, we had a steady text, of course, which is always fun. And it was from 13th century Zen master Dogen Zenji, our hero. His fantastic essay, Mountains of Waters, was our guide. And I think it relates, or at least part of it relates, to what I'm trying to say here tonight. Uh, I want to read you the short section 13, uh, where Dogen starts quoting the Buddha. So section 13, Dogen says, Buddha said all things are ultimately liberated. There is nowhere that they abide. You should know that even though all things are liberated and not tied to anything, they abide in their own phenomenal expression. However, when most human beings see water, they only see it flows unceasingly. This is a limited human view. There are actually many kinds of flowing. Water flows on the earth, in the sky, upward and downward. It can flow around a single curve or into bottomless abysses. When it rises, it becomes clouds. When it descends, it forms abysses. Buddha states very clearly in this little section that all things live in liberation and are not tied down. Then Dogen agrees, but he also reminds us that all things abide in their own phenomenal expression which is kind of hard to understand, but uh, you know, a gopher abides in its expression of gopher and the cypress tree abides in its expression of cypress tree and water in its expression of water, if that helps. Then Dogen warns us about the view of small self who sees water as something that only flows unceasingly. That's the limited view. When Dogen in his, and then, and then, when Dogen illustrates the many kinds of flowing, which is really the view of the larger self, he suddenly switches, as he often does, into poetry. His writing is amazing because it's, it's instructional, then suddenly these beautiful passages come out. 
Water flows in the earth, in the sky, upward and downward. It can flow around a single curve or into bottomless abysses. When it rises, it becomes clouds. When it descends, it forms abysses. Now with this poetry, Dogen is describing reality as it actually is, just as James Wright described the scene from the hammock. In both writings, there's a warning about how a limited view can close us off, close us off from the actual miraculous reality of our lives right now, you listening to me right here. Limited view can close us off to our own life as it actually is. And that really is a waste. Dogen wants us to investigate small self and larger self with vigor and hard practice. But I also know that Dogen wants small self and larger self to eventually disappear. All the words and ideas about the miracles of our life, while often necessary and beautiful, are nothing more than words and ideas. This is for you to understand about yourself. When you sit in meditation and you try to search your body for small self and larger self, you probably won't be able to find them. That being so, I hope my analogy has been helpful. Let larger self guide small self. All right. It's ridiculous to try to write. It's ridiculous to try to write a poem that follows up Dogen and James Wright, but I couldn't stop myself. So I've written a poem. I hear small self saying it's too long, but bear with me. Here's my poem. It's called, hold on for a second. Where is it? Okay. Sorry about that. It's a technical problem here. Okay. My poem is called Sitting with Small Self. Mountains and waters are a problem. Who put them there? Too high to see over and too deep to cross. What a pain. Hi, I'm larger self. What's happening with you? Well, Mr. Larger, I'm disappointed. I'm angry, bored, and other people are to blame. I've planned out everything and nothing is going exactly the way I want it to. Sounds awful. It is. Would you like to take a rest from all that? Sure. But is this going to be easy or difficult? That's up to you. Let's breathe, see, and listen together. Let's be the disappointment, anger, boredom, and blame together. Let's sit in all that and see what happens. 10 minutes or 10 years later. Mr. Larger, are you still there? Of course. I have some questions. Go ahead. Are mountains mountains just being mountains? Is water water just being water? Yes to both. What are we? We are the mountains and the waters and the self being the self. I'm still disappointed. Let's keep working on that. Thank you all for listening. Take care.